0: Hi all, Mac here again. Welcome to the latest episode of Heightened Curiosity. Before we kick off and take a look at this quite incredible case, I'd just like to take a moment just to thank you all for tuning in and listening to this and the previous episodes. I really appreciate you guys taking the time and the positive feedback has been gratefully received. Thank you all so much. Now, Ghosts Spooks apparitions things that go bump in the night as much as i love all things outlandish and strange i didn't think i'd be covering this topic much as i don't have any real genuine interest in the ghosts or the supernatural however given what we're about to discover you will find out why this case in particular deserves our attention the case we're going to look at today is extremely local to me just a few miles away from where i live and it garnered lots of media attention at the time. Before we get immersed in the details, I've already stated that stuff relating to ghosts and spirits, etc. doesn't usually grab my attention per se. However, I do like to relate personal experiences in these episodes where possible. Everyone has at least one good spooky tale to tell, right? You'll be glad to hear I'm no different. The incidents I'm about to relate all occurred in the north-east English town of Middlesbrough. As well as all the other stuff I do, I play in a heavy metal band, and way back in the early 1990s, we were based in Middlesbrough, where most of my bandmates lived at the time. The first tale I'll tell took place on a street called Borough Road. My bandmates were due to move into a new apartment, or kind of student flat, on the Monday morning. But as we had the keys already, we decided to let ourselves in early on the Sunday night. Stay over before we began the chore of moving all our stuff in on the Monday morning. We had gone to our local pub, which was called the Malt Shovel at the time, I believe, on the Sunday night. Any listeners from the Middlesbrough area may be familiar with the place. It's still there now, but I think it's now called Dr. Brown's. There were maybe, what, four or five of us in total. We had all brought sleeping bags and some candles as electricity was not due to be turned on until the next day by the landlord. We had a few beers at the pub and we made our way back to the new place which was only a few streets away. We let ourselves in and sat down and enjoyed the takeaway food and beers that we brought back with us. To give some context, the apartment was situated on the top floor. The building had been reconfigured to maximise the space and allow for the subdivision of the once large house into several individual two, three bedroom apartments. Entry to the apartment and the one downstairs was gained via a side entrance and staircase. This detail is somewhat important, as we shall learn. We were having a nice relaxing evening, just chatting and feeling pretty good about our new band HQ when suddenly came a very loud bumping from outside the front door. It seemed to be coming from a staircase that leads up to our apartment. We thought Little it initially, if I remember, but the banging continued and it seemed to get louder. If I remember, someone opened the door and went out to investigate Um, looked out onto the staircase but didn't see anything. The banging stopped and we barely gave it a second thought until it started up again around five minutes later. Again, someone put their head out through the door, you know, opened up, went to check it out and again, the noise just stopped. There was nothing there. After a slight pause, it started back up again. And we thought, it must be people moving into the apartment below. So we went down to introduce ourselves. We knocked on the door, but no one was home. The place was empty. So we guessed the noise must be coming from another part of the property. And given we were just brand new here, didn't know the lie of the land yet, it didn't really seem like a big deal. We settled back down again. And of course, the pumping started back up again. This time, one of my friends, who went to check it out, shouted to us to come over to the front door. Listen, he said. The banging seemed to be coming pretty much from just beyond the door itself. We all stood, simply staring at the door, fairly perplexed, as we knew that we were the only people in this part of the building. One of us said, we know that the banging will stop as soon as we open this door, right? We'd all recognised that this had happened each time the pumping had occurred. One of my friends reached for the door handle, quickly pulled open the door, and the banging ceased immediately. We all peered out through the open door onto the empty staircase. There was absolutely nothing and no one there. To hide our nervousness, we were soon making jokes about what had happened and if we could cancel our tenancy agreement. We waited for the noise to occur again, but it didn't. And we didn't hear another sound that night. The banging, the bumping noise, whatever it was, simply left as quickly as it arrived. Is a good reason why I started with this particular event, as it leads me nicely onto the subject of ghosts, spirits, poltergeists, etc, and the question in regards to what these things actually are, and the many things which are attributed to them. I don't believe in ghosts in a traditional sense at least, there, I've said it. But just to clarify, I don't believe that things such as the incident, just related on Borough Road, was a result of a restless spirit of a person who has passed away and is either failing his time by being a nuisance or trying in some vain way to contact a living. I'm not what you would call a very spiritual person, so the notion that a person's soul or essence can be perhaps trapped in some way while on his way to the afterlife, is kind of a tough one for me to take on board. I guess the afterlife and everything which is purported to it is just one theory, albeit a very popular one. I respect people's views on this, of course. It's just, I just don't happen to share them. During my time in Middlesbrough, there were things that happened over the course of a few years that stuck not only with me, with my comrades who shared these events with me. The next one I'll talk about was very much a personal experience and also relates to the phenomena which is commonly reported by people across the world. I'll take you back to the Middlesbrough apartment where we encountered the bizarre thumping. As I remember, a few months had passed since our strange welcome, nothing untoward had happened at the apartment since. Apart from the unexpected and fairly entertaining visitation from a troop of mice, any notion that the apartment had any ongoing issues had pretty much been dispersed, and our tale of the invisible bumping spook only cropped up over a beer in the pub when the topic ever arose. Most of our rehearsals and gigs in the band took place at the weekends, and I would travel south from... Scotland to England every weekend for bees. As things transpired, things for the band got busier and we were doing more gigs and recording sessions midweek. So often, instead of heading home north on maybe the Sunday night, I would stay into the next week. At times midweek, the other guys would either be working or attending university classes, so I would have a place to myself, which was more than fine by me. Or so it seemed at first. After a while, being alone in that apartment just felt strange. To begin with I felt a bit uncomfortable and then soon after it just felt as if I was being watched constantly. I tried to shake it off but found it extremely difficult. I distinctly remember going through a process of opening and closing doors in the apartment However, what combination I came up with, the feeling was always the same. It just felt as if someone was watching me, or there was someone in the same room beside me. It was very uncomfortable. I'm not a nervous person, or highly strung in any way. I certainly wouldn't say I was what some would label as being sensitive to other worldly goings on. It was a feeling i never really experienced before. I explained it to my buddies who lived there, expecting or maybe hoping for some kind of corroboration, but they had not experienced anything like what I was describing at all. I'm not too sure that they were taking me seriously until the next time I was there and everyone else was leaving to go to work or uni that morning and there I was, I was up. Dressed, ready to leave with them, I decided the best thing to do was just to body-swerve the issue and not be alone in the house. I often think about what happened to me at property, I've not experienced anything like it before or since. I won't lie, it bothers me. I'm an inquisitive person and I'm desperate to know what was going on there. Was it some kind of paranormal event or was it something more mundane? being interested in the stuff I am. I have heard many stories of people who've had similar feelings that normally occur in a wilderness or an outdoors environment. You will likely have heard this type of thing. Someone is out in the woods when they suddenly get a strange feeling that something isn't right, or a sudden urge to leave the area they're in. We hear this in relation to some perhaps Sasquatch activity or the Pleiades missing 411 phenomenon. However, if these are related in some way to what I've experienced, then it doesn't seem to occur, or at least we don't hear about it so much in an urban or indoor setting at least. I did mention previously that there may be a more rational, if not mundane explanation, and one that seems to appeal to me Is the possibility that faulty plumbing or wonky electrics can cause this type of phenomena? Yep, it's been theorized that certain subsonic frequencies around the 18 to 19 hertz range can trigger infrasound, which can lead to feelings of disassociation, unease, paranoia, this certainly could be the answer to my mystery. It fits the bill in terms of how I felt at the property. The only issue that is still troublesome is that it was only myself that had those feelings when alone in the property. Surely I would be affected equally when in company or not? Hmm. Something I still think about to this day. Do we have case closed? I'm not so sure. The property we moved to that next summer was also the site of an interesting event, one which none of us were prepared for. This flat or apartment was also based in Middlesbrough on Southfield Road, close to the university and all the amenities that were important to us back then, such as the studio and the pub. I remember that it was a regular weekend, I was travelling down from Scotland on the Saturday morning to arrive in Middlesbrough later that afternoon. Upon arrival, I was greeted with the news. One of my bandmates had a very bizarre experience the previous night. The guys had gone out as usual on the Friday night, had a few beers, and came back home with some takeaway food, and then retired for the evening. Midway right through the night, one of my bandmates, again, just to preserve his uh, his, his identity, let's call him Matt. Well, Matt awoke as it seemed he needed to answer the call of nature. He sat up in his bed and readied himself for a trip to the bathroom. He looked towards the door, but noticed that someone was sitting at his dressing table. The figure had her back to him and seemed to be brushing her long hair. Matt immediately thought it was a girlfriend of another one of her band members, who had stayed over some nights and occasionally had used Matt's dressing table when she was getting ready to go out. Matt was pretty relieved that there was a logical explanation as the figure had startled him, as you can imagine. His relief had very soon evaporated, however. It was the middle of the night. The room was pretty dark. It was summertime, so Matt knew it couldn't have been... Before five or six AM his mind started to whir. Her bandmate's girlfriend just wouldn't come in his room unannounced. If she was getting ready, where were she going at this time of night? The figure was lightly illuminated by the street lamp shining in the bedroom window. Who would use a mirror in such a dark room? Her bandmate's girlfriend in question had not come out that night. So chances of her turning up at the house in the middle of the night was slim to none it couldn't be her surely well if it wasn't her who was combing her hair sitting at Matt's dressing table in the middle of the night Matt had asked himself all these questions and suddenly became very afraid he panicked and made a dash for the light switch which was located beside the door, which meant passing the dressing table on the way. Matt flipped a light and snapped his head back to look at the dressing table. There was no one there. Matt very quickly made his way to the bathroom as planned. He locked the door, sat in the toilet, and he did not move until the sun came up. I remember arriving at a flat the next day And there was many jokes flying around in regards to what had happened the previous night. Personally, I was quite troubled by what I had heard. Despite the joviality, and I'm sure the other guys who lived there were affected by this too. I say I was troubled by what I'd heard, and this was simply down to Matt himself. For me, and for pretty much anyone else who knew him, if Matt said he saw something in his room that he couldn't explain, Then he saw something in his room he couldn't explain. He was a guy who was straight down the line, matter-of-fact, and inherently honest. We all knew this, and this made his story impossible to dismiss. I've spoken to Matt about what had happened numerous times after the event. I was keen to find out more, and if he had anything else happen. He did say that, before he saw the figure... He had uh, woken up one night to see what seemed to be small lights floating or shimmering in front of his wardrobe. These dwindled and disappeared, and he simply went back to sleep unsure if he'd dreamt this when he'd woken up the next morning. Matt also alluded to having some fairly significant experiences as a child. Again, knowing Matt as I do, I wouldn't doubt any of what he told me. I guess when someone you're close to and trust implicitly tells you they have experienced something like this, it certainly makes you reassess your own beliefs. Indeed, just looking back over the events we experienced in Middlesbrough has given me much food for thought when pulling the info from this episode together. As much as I may like to claim that I don't have a great interest in ghost-related phenomena, some of her experiences really should make me much more open-minded than what I am on the subject. It's likely I've been blunted by watching far too many terrible hokey reality ghost shows on TV, which make it very difficult to take a subject seriously. No doubt, I've spent much more time relating my own experiences than I had actually planned for this episode. But I've enjoyed looking back at some of those interesting times. Now, let's move on and look at a case which was simply incredible when news first broke about it back in the summer of 2015. Some mainstream media outlets here in Scotland ran with the story. And given that the events had occurred just a few miles away from my home in Glasgow, it immediately caught my attention. Police were called to a property on Stonewall Road in the town of Rutherglen, which is situated maybe three four miles away from Glasgow City Centre. The occupants had reported disturbing activity within the property itself, and the police had taken it seriously enough, initially thinking that we may well be handling a potential mental health issue. Once they arrived, however, it soon became clear that the initial assessment was way wide of the mark. The police officers personally witnessed various types of what could be only described as poltergeist activity. They saw clothes flying across the room, oven doors opening and slamming shut, lights going off by themselves, and when the lights would come back on again, the light shades would be upside down. We also discovered a family's pet chihuahua dog, which was outside in the garden, had been placed on top of a seven-foot hedge. Very odd. Allow me to quote a police source who at the time said, The police officers attended, expecting it to be a mental health issue, but we witnessed the lights going off, clothes flying across the room, the dog sitting on top of a hedge. The officers called our superiors, who also attended, thinking that the cops were perhaps being a bit silly, but it's been taken very seriously. The fact it was witnessed by our officers has lent itself to a very different but active inquiry. One problem we've got is where do we go from here? As no crime has been established, so what else can we do but deal with? with any reports of disturbances. But officers with more than 20 years service are saying that they've never seen anything like this. This is really something that down-to-earth police officers are having trouble getting their heads around. This stunning admission was simply followed up by a further later statement. On August 8th and 9th, police attended a house on Stonewall Road in Rutherglen. There was no evidence of criminality. Advice and guidance was given to the family. Further information later revealed that the family in question were Catholic and had consulted their local priest who had carried out a blessing at the property. The mother of the family who had lived at the property did later agree to be interviewed and spoke about the stress the whole affair had placed her family under. I won't name the family here, my identity is known online, but I would imagine, given all the furore that's taken place over the years, they'll be keen to put it behind them. The family had very quickly moved out of the property and went to live with relatives who'd stayed nearby. Furber newspaper reports suggested that the incident had been discussed at high levels within Police Scotland and investigations into the family's background and the history of the property by the police were also being undertaken. This just underlines how seriously the matter was being taken by the police force here in Glasgow. Over six years have now passed since incidents at Stonewall Road were first reported. As far as I'm aware, there has been no retraction to the statements given by the police or any admission of hoaxing by any party involved. This is a truly remarkable case, I'm sure you would agree. I would very much like to have heard some testimony from the police officers who witnessed the events in question. This, as far as I'm aware, has not been forthcoming, which I suppose is not surprising, as I would imagine that most, if not all, officers involved are still active within the police force. Knowing our local police like I do, I'm not sure that many would be happy to open themselves up to ridicule by going public. This story has pretty much gone cold, and I'm pretty sure that's exactly how Police Scotland would like to leave this one. As I record this episode, Halloween is just around the corner. Like me, wish all our viewers and listeners a great Halloween holiday. Thanks once again for your time please do the usual stuff like subscribe tell your friends family all of that we've got lots more episodes of the pipeline coming your way so hang on in there guys i know it's been a bit of a gap between the last episode and this one but we'll try and get them out a bit quicker going forward so thanks your patience and good night from me